0: What's up everyone, it's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry, this show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys we hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer.
1: all right everyone welcome into the super flex super show i am joined with an all-star cast here with co-host ethan at eTurnerF underscore pt on twitter
2: i got told that i look like i have a perm today so that's going good
1: i can verify we have video and uh and it does look like you have a perm ethan so well done your hair game's on point I am also joined today by Brian Harr, FF Meatloaf Wildcat. Brian, what's good, sir?
0: It's all good, baby. Uh, I will try really hard tonight not to rip on the Browns. How's that?
1: Hey, man, I appreciate that. Goodness. But, uh, you know, any any love that you throw at the Steelers is kind of hate towards the Browns. But that's okay. It's okay when we'll we pass that. And we have a very special guest. We have Gabe Gearing. We have... At FF man bun himself, you know, the guy, because you've heard all his flame intros all the time on various podcasts. And you also know that, uh, that he is the co-host of the open bar podcast, which has been on
3: fire. Gabe, welcome in, bud. Thank you, fellas. Bri- Brian, I think you're a little afraid. I made that comment about the Steelers Browns that I got James back this episode. You're like, look, uh, uh okay, I'll back off. I
0: mean, I am. I mean, you know. I mean, it's you, Gabe. I can't. I can't do. You know. You kind of. I. I don't want to offend Gabe. I mean, I can't. I mean, yeah. you and J. Mike. I'm. There's no. There's no offending. I mean, I. I can't. I can't play around with that. I can't play around with that bromance there. That triangle. So, I'm not. That, I'm not. I'm not messing around.
3: Not. Not to mention, you don't want that diss track to come through. Okay. Look, I, I <laughs> like you. I like the trade addicts. Look. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice, man. I, I I brought some,
1: uh, I brought some backup this time and all of a sudden things are, uh, things are changing. The tone of the show has changed and I'm liking it, man. So Gabe, welcome. Also want to, uh, take this opportunity again to congratulate you on becoming a, a new father and, uh, and, and bringing a, uh, a little, a little man bun in the world. Uh, so congratulations, uh, re- really, uh, really want to send that out to you and, uh, and hope that, uh, I know we've been talking a little bit, hope that, uh, you continue to get some, uh, some good sleep here.
3: Uh, I, Great. I've been You're telling people get in that, with that his wife, uh, yeah, look, <laughs> uh, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, eggshells now. Look, I've been telling everyone that sleep is the cousin of death. All right. The only, the only sleep I do deal with is sleepers. All right, so let's, let's get the show on nice, the road here. Come nice. On. All
1: right. All right, Gabe. Well, you know what? Not only are we going to get the show on the road, but we are going to do a show of Super Sixes. This is going to be the Scott Fishbowl episode of Super Sixes. So um, this is going to have a lot to do with the Scott Fish Bowl, with the scoring that was revealed this week on the Commission Impossible podcast. And I know, uh, Gabe, you got to talk one-on-one with the uh, the great one Scott Fish a little bit, and uh, you know when J. Mike and uh, and Casey weren't chiming in. Uh, but uh, but you, you got to talk with Scott Fish on the Open Bar podcast this week, and that was really cool. And we're going to go ahead and do a Super Six based off of Scott Fish related things. And, uh, and we're going to start with you, Gabe, your, your first category top six running backs that you will fade regardless of how far they fall in the Scott fish bowl 10 in hashtag SFB 10. That's uh, that's, that's what we're using. So Gabe, give us your list, man. Let's, let's hear
3: it. Yeah. So I, I was looking at our, our show sheet, which by the way, what is this? Um, unfamiliar with show sheets in general, but pretty neat little setup y'all got here where it's all organized and things. Maybe the the open bar should try something like that, huh? Uh, I, I saw that um Hardy Har uh, had some guys on there that he's not not to spoil anything, but he's going to um, intend to take some running backs and. I figured I'll, I'll try and you know have a little battle with him, uh, an RB battle of sorts on a couple. So I see you, Har. I see you, nice, nice. Um, but I so I've got my six running backs. I'm going to fade regardless of how far they fall. Uh, I am assuming we were talking SFBX. I, I was looking at your show sheet here, and and uh, it was not noted there, so I added it in there for you. Uh, come on, guys, get with the program. Uh, Joe Mixon. <laughs> Joe Mixon is my number one guy that I am fading. Um, I, I think I, I'm looking at this ADP, you know, that's not necessarily official for Scott Fishbowl or anything, but Joe Mixon is quite high and the Bengals are not very good. And you kind of need kind of sort of need to be a decent team to have first downs, um, which is a big part of the scott fishbowl scoring system so joe mixon you ain't gonna cut it for me as a top five running back or at least you know as a floor so no thanks raheem mostert um this is mostly due to the fact that i like i think that the 49ers are going to be a decent team again they did have a lot of first first downs as a team but that's the thing as a team and there's going to be a lot of mix-up again. Just because Matt Breida is gone doesn't mean that there are 800 other running backs to take over Raheem Mostert's job. Um, not to mention my guy, my dude, the elite, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, that's right. He's back, and he's ready for vengeance. Uh, <laughs> I just I just think it's very crowded and for him to to expect top 20 results from him, not necessarily far-fetched, but uh, I'm not going to play the guessing game. Josh Jacobs. Another running back for me there. Um, Same goes with a a bit of the the Joe Mixon idea. The the Raiders are middle of the road in terms of getting first downs and middle of the road as far as a team goes. But I think they were super reliant on Josh Jacobs last year, and they didn't have a whole lot of other targets around there besides Waller and the occasional Tyrell Williams uh, and Renfro here and there. But now they've drafted a few guys, uh, particularly in the receiving game, and even more so, Lynn Bowden. Um, who, who we found out recently is safe, um, from that the DEA rating of the house scare turns out that was not, not related to him, so that's good. But uh, he, he's gonna be taking a lot of touches away from Jacobs out of the passing game. Not that Jacobs got many in the first place, but I'm gonna fade him there because the ADP is still a little bit too high. I believe he's going around top 10 or so, and that's just not the right floor for me. The volume's there, but there's a lot more happening there for the Raiders these days uh and this might be an easy one and maybe cherry picking of sorts but Dalvin Cook obviously the contract news if it's going to be Melvin Gordon season if it's going to be Le'Veon Bell season like no thanks I, I just don't really see the risk in that especially where he's going I think that was top five top three overall running back so you know that's it's an easy fade right now of course but Um, we do have to pay attention to Alexander Madison and he's a stud. He's, he's coming up. He's doing just fine himself. Uh, the Vikings are kind of middle of the road as far as a a, a team that's going to advance the ball a lot. Um, so if he, if he gets his contract, sure, I'm going to take him top five. That's totally fine. Um, but there's injury concerns there. Um, the, the points per game was not that different from some other running backs. I mean, McCaffrey last year, just absolutely crushed Scott fishbowl. by like by 12 points a game, uh, next up to, to Dalvin cook among others. And so, uh, yeah, it's not worth it to me. It's not worth that risk. If, if we get another Melvin Gordon on our hands here, um, this next one hurts me deeply. I don't want to say it. I I don't even know if I want to say it out loud. Uh, maybe we could just get past this. Uh, could, could we just, yeah, let's just go to the next, uh, okay. It's Jonathan Taylor. It's my dude, my guy, the one Oh one in all rookie drafts this year. Um, I, I, guess this is the super flex super show. So we, you know, arguably the one Oh one, but certainly up there. Oh no, no, uh, no, no. no. We, we can represent Jonathan Taylor as the one Oh one. That's fine. Yeah. It's not bad. No, you're, you're not wrong. Um, so I have issues with this. Just because he's going as like a top 12 guy right now, top 15 or so, in, in terms of this, uh, maybe not super reliant ADP, but I could see this happening because especially rookies uh, and the rookie fever, people are thirsty. And that O-line is absolutely wonderful. I agree. The Colts were very good at advancing the ball and getting first downs last year, so I'm with that. But Marlon Mack is not terrible. Naeem Hines is not terrible. Um, That Philip Rivers is going to spread the ball around a little bit differently. Um, So I just I don't want to put that risk into something that is not super certain. I mean, maybe call me conservative, but uh, I I saw Mac down in like the 30s (laughs) in ADP and uh, for running backs. And it's like, come on, what are we doing here? Um, so no disrespect, Jonathan Taylor. you're still my one1 forever and always in dynasty leagues, just not for s f b x and then lastly, um as aforementioned actually uh melvin gore uh he's he's in a crowded backfield himself. Denver might get a little bit better this year. people are all of a sudden all about drew lock and and have high hopes for him and that offense uh I'm still a little eh on it so uh, i'm not super all in on that and i i think melvin gordon took a huge step step back last year when he was playing i think he might have might be kind of on that downward side of of uh, his production uh philip lindsey's still there he balled out um and did fine i don't think he's going anywhere and i if you want to mention it <laughs> royce freeman uh I, with the expectation that Melvin Gordon's going to be a top fifteen back in this format, I'm just not super committed to that relationship, old oh, Mel. I'm sorry. Very fine list there, Gabe. Six names that uh, I, I I like
1: the reasoning. I really do. Uh, you you put some thought into this with the Scott Fishbowl scoring. Brian, Ethan, what do you guys think of of the list here? Is there anything that you would uh, you would change? Is there any any is there a name in particular that uh, that you are definitely avoiding or or maybe not avoiding as much as Gabe might be?
0: So, I mean, for me, you're you're going to hear two, we disagree on two uh, on on Gabe's list. So, I'll cover those uh, when I do my super six. Um, But as far as the rest of the list goes, no. I mean, I think I think the reasoning um, with some of these players and the cost, you know, I I think that's a big part of this too, is the cost, right? So these guys are going to be a lot of these guys are guys you're really going to have to invest a lot of draft capital in 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 the fishbowl drafts. Um, You know, if you don't take them early, you're not going to get them. So, um, you know, I, I think that for me is is really. You know, is really the bottom line in in this list. It's you know, I, I think that you're going to find running backs a little bit later, typically in in these drafts that are going to be able to produce for you. Um, you know, maybe not at the same level, but at enough of uh, you know enough of a percentage of that level that you can afford taking other players to other positions, you know, making sure, (laughs) making sure you have a quarterback that can hit the broad side of a barn. Um, You know, which is, we're going to talk about that some, I think as well, but uh, no, I like this list um, overall. Again, I'll, I'll talk about the two that I disagree with uh, when we get into that part for me.
2: Yeah, I think it's a pretty good list overall too. I like the reasoning. Um, Mixon I think is a little bit harder of a sell for me just because I feel like maybe it's because I'm such a Joe Burrow stan and I think that he is the type of quarterback that could potentially maximize Mixon in the passing game uh, like we saw with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year um, at LSU. You know, he caught 55 balls. I could see, um, I could see now the NFL is a little bit faster. The game's faster. It speeds up on Burrow. He dumps off the ball even more than what he did in college. Not to say he ever really like dumped the ball off. They tend to be pretty uh, effective passes, but that, that one's a little bit hard for of a sell for me. But I, I do think that Mixon could end up uh, pulling a Dalvin Cook and actually holding out for a portion of this year. And I stay away from all those guys uh, when it comes to drafting, especially in a, in a league like Scott Fishbowl where – you can't afford to miss on a pick, especially early in the draft.
1: Beautiful, gentlemen. Well done, Gabe. Uh, a, a very nice Super Six list. Your first, your first Super Six list with us, man, and it went over that well. Um, if you want to uh, to to hear a Super Six list that isn't going to go over well, um, we'll get to Brian's second category uh sometime here and uh and we'll we'll go over that but but for the time being we're gonna go to ethan ethan uh let's go to your top category top six quarterbacks who are hurt the most by the sfbx scoring so the scott fishbowl 10 scoring which qbs are you avoiding which qbs are hurt the most in this scoring format
2: so the qbs that are hurt the most um in scott fishbowl x uh, are going to be the the ones that hurt their team the most. So you're going to be looking for interceptions, which are minus four in this league and sacks, which are minus uh, a half for each one. So, uh, players that quarterbacks that give up the ball a lot or get sacked a lot are going to not, not be the ones you're, you're targeting in this league. Um, so obviously the poster child for this is Jameis Winston, but since I don't think he's starting anytime soon, I'm not going to list him in this list. Um, but a few guys that I do think need to be mentioned. Philip Rivers, uh, obviously, a new team, new system uh, could. A better offensive line, so the sack numbers from last year could go down potentially. Um, But he's just an older guy who's not as mobile, so I still think he's gonna he's gonna rack up quite a few sacks. Um, He's gonna take some sacks just because I just feel like he's not gonna be able to escape like some of these uh, more mobile quarterbacks are. He threw twenty interceptions last year, Um, that's third worst in the league last season, and he had thirty four sacks, which is sixteenth worst in the league. Uh, second guy here um you'll you'll notice a trend i got a couple old guys but for the most part we're trying to avoid young quarterbacks that are prone to taking sacks and making mistakes with the football so my second guy here is baker mayfield Uh, i still think that the jury's kind of out on what baker mayfield is i think some people are you're going to look at his rookie season and see a lot of good things and then you're going to look at last year and see a lot of bad things and so 21 interceptions last year that was second worst in the league um he also took 40 sacks now the offensive line has improved so i'm hoping that sack number drops a little bit Uh, but again you need somebody in scott fishbowl that's going to take care of the ball and 21 interceptions is just not doing it for me um sam darnold again another uh a, a a younger Philip rivers in that he is a gunslinger. He likes to throw the ball uh, up for grabs uh, 13 interceptions. That's tied for ninth worst last year, 33 sacks. I don't think that team's very good. So I'm probably staying away from him because I just don't think he's going to score. That team's going to score a lot of points. And so I just don't think Sam Darnold is somebody that I want to be rostering. Um, next guy here is Dwayne Haskins, technically a starter, obviously not a very sexy pick, uh, but he took 29 sacks in just nine games last year. So uh, clearly that's something he has to improve on in his game. Um, the team invested in defense. So uh, again, you're, you're not looking at a huge upgrade for that offensive line. So we could see him give up quite a few sacks this year. Uh, He also threw seven interceptions in just nine games, uh, which is not ideal. I think he's going to go through some growing pains this year, so I'm staying away from him and Scott Fishbowl. Now, the next one, I think, the next two, I guess, are probably the two that I had the hardest time uh, making an argument for. The first guy here is Matt Ryan. Uh, Obviously, garbage time uh, has helped him quite a bit. He does throw quite a few touchdowns. Um, and he does throw for quite a, quite a bit of yardage. So again, not a horrible quarterback to have, but in this scoring uh, based on where he he is going in drafts, you could get a guy like Aaron Rodgers around the same time who does not throw all these interceptions. That's much safer with the ball does not take as many sacks. Um, and you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to feel the negative effects of the Scott fish um, bull X scoring as much as you will, with a guy like Ryan, he had 14 interceptions last year that was tied for six most in the league. And he actually led the league in sacks, giving up 48 sacks. Again, not a super mobile guy, so you have to worry about um, him getting pulled down in the backfield. And my last guy here, number six, Daniel Jones. Uh, I know Gabe was one that uh, said that he loves anything that is Daniel Jones' hate. And I don't think this is hate necessarily, uh, but Jones did have 12 interceptions in 13 games. Um, Again, not a great number. He also took 38 sacks, uh, which is ninth worst in the league last year um and again only in 13 games so we could see another another year now of course uh the giants did invest in offensive line so hopefully the rookie comes in and helps him out uh but i could see jones being a guy that gets negatively impacted by the scott bull scoring
1: nice ethan i like this list it's pretty good outside of the fact that you had to you had to put a brown on it um but no, no, it's a, it's a good list. Good reasoning. Um, I, I like the fact that you kind of dug into the, the interceptions and the sacks, both, both things in Scott fishbowl scoring that are going to be very unique. Uh, obviously quarterbacks usually don't get points deducted from sacks. Uh, and so that'll be something to, to, you know, you have to keep in your, in the back of your mind when, you know, someone's getting sacked 40 times, 48 times. I mean, that's going to factor into scoring. So, uh, Gabe, Brian, I'm going to go to you guys. What do you guys think about this list? Is there anything you guys would switch out? Is there anybody that uh, that is a glaring omission or somebody on the list that you're not going to avoid as much as uh, as maybe
3: Ethan might? You know, I, I agree with it for the most part. Um, I, I would just consider th- like Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan, they they are pretty accurate quarterbacks and that does help in Scott Fishbowl as far as the completions go. I would worry with Rivers on the the uh interceptions, but he's he's probably going to have one of the best O-lines he's ever played with this year. So hopefully he <laughs> somehow doesn't make more of those mistakes. I don't know. And and, and you know, we're talking about cost here. He's looks like the 24th uh, quarterback taken right now or 23rd excuse me so that's not a terrible price for something that could be like a, a mediocre like i i think he outperforms qb 23 long story short there um and the only other one i would say is haskins again with the cost that he's the 32nd one qb taken right now like he's probably not going to be your qb2 and he could end up his I think he does have some upside he started playing better a little bit better at the end of the season biggest thing for me though is I'm totally with you Ethan is just transitioning and and getting better as as a quarterback and at this higher level and mistakes happen with these younger dudes so he'd have to take kind of a major step to be a reliable starting quarterback but to get him as the 32nd overall quarterback not a huge risk
0: nice Brian what do you think Yeah, I, I agree. I like the list quite a bit. Um, you know, these are all guys that I'm, I'm hoping (laughs) don't end up on my roster in the fishbowl in dynasty leagues, different in the fishbowl. Um, I I'm, I'm with Gabe on most of these. I think the one guy that has a chance to do a little bit better than maybe anticipated, or I'm sorry with Ethan, sorry, Ethan, this is Ethan's list. I'm off my game tonight. Um, No, but, but I I think the guy for me that has a chance to, uh, to do, do a little bit better than last year's Baker and, and for a couple of reasons, first of all, I think, you know, the, the issue, the, yes, the, the jury is still out on Baker Mayfield. There's no doubt about it. Um, but a lot of the issues were offensive, and especially the ones that we're talking about in in terms of Scott Fishbowl scoring is the offensive line was atrocious. It was terrible in Cleveland last year. They have addressed that. They hired Bill Bill Callahan, who is a very highly regarded offensive line coach. they um they they in free agency, they picked up the best tackle that was available, Jack Conklin, uh, and then they used the number pin pick and draft. I forget the guy's name. Tell me, James. Um, it was uh, was it Beckton? No, it was no. um, Beckton went to the Jets. I think uh, to, from uh, Alabama, Wills. it was Wills, Wills. Yes. Yes, Wills. Wills. Okay, so so they, you know, so they they definitely improved um, at least on paper in the in the on the in the offensive line. So if they can cut the sacks and he cuts the picks, then I think he has a chance to be quite a bit better this year. I mean, the weapons were there last year. They're there again this year. They didn't lose any weaponry in terms of skill position players. The issue on offense for the Browns was the offensive line, and they've addressed that uh, and invested heavily in free agency and in the draft and in and in the coach uh, that's coaching that unit. So I think Baker has a chance to, to do a little bit better than last year. So he would be the only one that uh, out of this group that I... You know, it, it, for the right price, for the right draft position in the fishbowl, I might take a chance on them. Um, but I think the rest of these guys are, are are pretty much Matt Ryan would be the other one for me, um, just because I think he has a lot of upside, too, when it comes to throwing touchdowns and and for tons of yards, um, which would offset the mistakes somewhat. Um but outside of those two guys, I think these are great choices. I mean, Philip Rivers, I don't really want anything to do with personally in this format, uh, and I think Ethan makes a really good point about his lack of mobility. Um, same thing with Sam Darnold, um, Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, a little more mobile, but um, you know, I, I think these are good choices for this list.
1: Yeah, I think I think Gabe kind of won me over a little bit with Phillip Rivers, to be honest. I think when I look at Rivers, uh, I, I Ethan, you brought up a bunch of good points with him. I mean, obviously the twenty interceptions were were that that that'll kill you. Um and then 34 sacks too in this in this scoring, that's not good. But you know, you look at his cost, and I think that's kind of baked in there. You know, if you can get him as your QB three when he's going, you know, twenty-third, twenty-fourth in quarterbacks, uh I I I would I'd be on board with that, especially a new team. He's going to be asked to do less. They have a better offensive line. Um, and I don't think the system is going to be as aggressive as it was in San Diego. So, um, or LA, uh, but either way, I think he's going to be asked to do us. So I think I can get on board with rivers, but uh, ultimately, this is a really good was just based off of last year's numbers. These guys have to improve if they're going to, uh, if, if they're going to outperform kind of where they're going uh, in, in these drafts. So I think it's a, Solid list here,
2: Brian. Hold up, hold up. I think we Uh should preface. Sorry, I agree with what you guys all said, but we should point out, and maybe I should have made this more clear, that we weren't talking about quarterbacks that you should avoid because of the scoring. We are just talking about quarterbacks that are hurt by the scoring or hurt the most by the scoring. So I know that a few of these guys will probably end up on rosters. Because they are a value at the price, regardless of if the scoring hurts them, maybe a little bit more than another guy. Um, but again, just wanted to preface that because I think uh, I think we, we the two concepts are very close, but they are different. Uh, the idea of guys you should avoid versus guys that are hurt by the scoring. Um, definitely feel like a guy like Baker Mayfield is hurt by the scoring, but could still be a value. Philip Rivers, same thing. Hurt by the scoring could still be a value. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, like uh, what Gabe said, you know, he's going 32nd overall. So hurt by the scoring, but could still be a good value there. And so um, I, I just wanted to point that out just so I just so everyone is clear. This was this list was made by hurt by the scoring, not based on who you should avoid. That
1: that is a good point. I'm glad that you cleared that up because there is there is a difference there, Ethan. Um, so if we can go back in time, we know who was hurt by the scoring last year, based off of these. Numbers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, Brian, let's go on to your list, your your top, uh, your category one, your first Super Six top six running backs that you realistically intend to roster in Scott Fish Bowl ten. And gee, I wonder who number one is.
0: Uh, I'd take one Barkley. Oh,
1: and, goodness. I was I was genuinely wondered who that was. Uh, oh, okay. Saquon Barkley. Go ahead. Saquon Barkley.
0: Yeah. I mean, I target him in every draft that there is. So I, I'm not going to change that for the Scott Fish Bowl as, as much as I respect the Scott Fish Bowl and as much as I respect the players in the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, the strategy of always acquiring Saquon Barkley when possible is one that I will continue to use uh, in every draft that I'm in. So now that that's out of the way, I'll get to the other guys on my li- <laughs> other guys on my list. Um, so Saquon Barkley's one. I'm going to do these a little bit out of order because I'm going to save the the ones that Gabe and I disagreed on on our two lists for last, uh, so that we can spend more time on them. Um, second, I'm going to put Mark Ingram uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, we saw how well oiled of a machine that offense is um, in, in terms of running the football. I know they just drafted JK Dobbins. I love JK Dobbins. Um, I don't think this is his year. I think that next year he will assume the lead back role and be Mark Ingram 2.0, except maybe a better version. Um but not this year. I think this year, Mark Ingram still has that job and he's still going to be really effective in that offense. Um, The Ravens actually had more rushing first downs per game than any team in the league last year by like over three first downs rushing every, every game. And yes, a lot of that was Lamar Jackson. So I want to make sure I touch on that. Um, but a lot of it was Mark Ingram as well, picking up first downs, rushing the football. So, um, so I like Mark Ingram here. Uh, I also like Chris Carson. Uh, second overall in terms of running back first downs on the ground last year. I believe he had uh what do you have? 75. Uh trailed only Ezekiel Elliott was 78 first down, rushing first downs. Um Chris Carson's the guy in Seattle. I don't know why this is such a big thing to understand. Uh, you know, yes, Pete Carroll is still there. Yes, they like to talk about a lot of different running backs, but this is the guy that keeps getting the football. Um, if he didn't fumble, no, I don't think anybody would be talking about it or they shouldn't be. I mean, he's an electric playmaker. How many times do we have to say it on this show to to get it into people's heads? Chris Carson's the guy. He's the guy in Seattle. I know they just drafted DJ Dallas. Um, you know, Rashad Penny is <laughs> apparently coming back. And I, I don't know who is still holding on to that prayer, but uh, good for you. Uh, I'm not. I'm a Chris Carson guy. I like Chris Carson, and I like him in this format. Um, James Conner's another guy. And so here's the thing about James Conner. For me, it's price with Conner. I don't love James Conner. I love James Conner at James Conner's price, right? So, I mean, he's going to be the running back in Pittsburgh. It ain't going to be McFarland this year. I promise. I promise. Will they work him in to sit some situations? Hopefully. I mean, I'd like him to be and maybe be the running back of the future. I don't really know. Um, You know, but James Conner's going off the board as a 28th running back right now in ADP. And that's, to me, too low. For for the starting running back in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, even if that offense isn't what it was two years ago, I still think that James Conner, if healthy, and of course health is is the question mark, right? Because he produces when he's on the field. So um I, I like James Conner And again in this with this scoring. I, I like Connor uh, and I intend to target him at his price. The two guys that Gabe and I disagreed on are Raheem Mostert and Josh Jacobs. And For me, so I understand all of the arguments against Raheem Mostert. I understand it's Shanahan and the young Shanahan and that they don't use one running back. I understand that there's still a Tevin Coleman factor. I understand that Jarek McKinnon might still be alive. (laughs) I'm not sure he I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen him for like four years, so I'm not I'm not really sure, to be honest, but. Um, but, but Hey, jet, jet McKinnon, you know, the, 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 truthers are, are strong and strong in numbers. Gabe, you are not alone. Uh, Russ, Russ Fisher is a big jet McKinnon guy too. So, um, bless you all. But I, I just think, I mean, if you look at what Mostert did towards the end of the season, so yes, there was a timeshare in that offense and in that backfield with those running backs. But when the games got really important towards the end of the season, Raheem Mostert was the guy, and he was putting up running back one numbers. He was a running back one over the last five games of the season, and that includes a couple dud games. So so that's the only thing with him is the consistency um, week to week. And yes, that's an issue, um, but I, I think that he has – I think that he has the capability and I think that he's going to get the opportunity to carry the load for San Francisco this year. Um, so I like Mostert, and again, an, a, another guy that I don't think you're going to have to really spend a lot of draft capital on. I mean, more maybe than you, you had to pre in previous seasons, but it's not like people are drafting him in the, you know, in the, in the top 12 running backs and you can get that type of return on him. Um, and then the other guy is Josh Jacobs. And, for me, this just comes down to the production. I mean, in 13 games, 1150 yards and seven touchdowns, uh, you know, he had 53 first downs. So, again, the first down scoring for the fishbowl. Um, I believe he was tied for 14th, uh, in that category. So, um, not great, but not, you know, but towards the top half of the league. Um, and I think that his role expands. I, I, I do. or And even if it stays the same, I mean, if you extrapolate his, his production out over the, a full season of health, he would have had over 1,400 yards rushing in his rookie season and double-digit touchdowns. And for me, that's a guy that I want to roster. The guy that I know is going to get volume because John Gruden runs a football. And I know they brought in all those passing weapons, but I mean, they're all rookies. So they're going to run the football with Josh Jacobs. So he's a guy that I'm I'm targeting again. He's the price there isn't as great, obviously. I mean, you have to put some draft capital in Josh Jacobs, but um, but I do like him in this format as well. So those are the two that I differ on. Um, And those are my six running backs that I am realistically targeting in the Scott Fishbowl.
1: Very nice, very nice. I tell you what, uh, Brian. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off here. I actually like all the running backs you listed outside of Mostert and Jacobs. And look, I, I Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, These are guys that are going to be. They're they're going to be undervalued because they're aging assets, and a lot of people in the Scott Fish bowl are are dynasty players first and foremost. So they take that youth, that that mystery box of what they could be. What what could J.K. Dobbins be? What could Jonathan Taylor be? What could these guys be? They could be you know, man, they could be anything you know. So uh they they're, they're more willing to bet on that as as opposed to that sheer sure production that you can get from some of those older veterans so i like that and james conner again you know that's a guy you only need for one year in dynasty maybe he doesn't have a, a long shelf life you know maybe he doesn't last in pittsburgh for 3 4 years as they're they're starting running back but you know, in the Scott Fishbowl, I only need them for one year, you know? So uh, I I like those guys. Uh, Mostert to me is a a little bit more of a crapshoot just because I think there's other options there. And I also think San Francisco improved their passing game. I mean, uh, Debo Samuel going into his second year, you still have Kittle there and then you drafted Brandon Ayuk. Um, I I think San Francisco might – might be in line to throw the ball a little bit more. And you know, Jarek McKinnon is coming back. Jeffrey Wilson's still there. They still Tevin Coleman's still there. I not to say that Mostert isn't the uh the, the the best running back there because I think he he's probably the most talented. Um I, I still don't know that he gets all the opportunity. And then Josh Jacobs, I just I agree with Gabe. I just don't think Oakland's gonna be very good again. And I just and that that leads me to believe that they're not going to have as many first downs as some of the other teams, and they're not going to have as many touchdowns. So uh, other than that, man, I I think the other top four names that you have on here are really good, and I I think those are guys that I'll probably be targeting as well. Uh, Ethan, Gabe, I'm going to open it up to you guys. What do you guys think of this list, um, Gabe? I'm uh, particularly interested in your thoughts because uh, because you guys had uh, two two names uh, on your list that uh, that you differ
3: on. Oh hardy hardy hard <laughs> um i i don't i don't want to hit the mostert thing anymore uh i i think it's it's just going to be hard to guess and and w- one thing i did want to mention as well brain is that like we were saying i think they might try to get uh san francisco to throw the ball more um Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) escaped 2019 with a lot of not throwing the football. And I think people want to see what he can do um, because I'm not sure it's much. And so, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what it's always just interesting to see what Shanahan does, I guess. And, and it's hard, like, it's hard to just guess like what he's going to do. And um, as far as Jacobs goes, like, yeah, like the volumes there absolutely but i I look at guys around that area too and i'm just like is this the guy that i want to have this floor of a top 10 running back and and consistently have this production week in week out um or would it be like sanders chubb or derrick henry guys like that are kind of all also in that range or even Kenyon drake is a little bit cheaper but um I, i guess just jacobs wouldn't be my guy there um but I am with you on the other four, honestly. Like I, I cannot believe that Mark Ingram is the 26th running back in in this ADP, uh, and and quit. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. As far as who's running this ADP for SFBX is Kent Wyrock. Is that right, Wyrock? I, I know we've had I we've had him on once to the open bar, and I I know he said the name uh, once for us, but I believe that's correct. Um, he's been doing all the ADP for us. So I'm just kind of following that a little bit. Not that it's like, you know, what we need to follow verbatim, but the 26th running back, like, no, (laughs) they're still going to commit to Ingram, uh, at least early on. And, and it's not going to be hard to outproduce that type of ADP. And, and, and what's crazier is JK Dobbins is going ahead of Mark Ingram right now. And that's nuts. That is just absolutely nuts. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Connor, the volume's there. Why not? He's the 28th overall. Carson, the volume's there. Why not? Um, All of those guys were outproducing what their ADP is right now, uh, you know, in quotes, ADP. So, yeah, 100% with you.
1: Ethan, I am definitely interested to hear what you have to say because I think you have a little bit of a different take on Mark Ingram um, from your facial expressions from when Brian mentioned him. And uh, and I also want to hear what you think about James Conner as a, as a fellow Steelers fan. So uh, what, what do you think of Brian's list here?
2: Well, with all of Brian's list, you should just assume that I I disagree completely with everything he says. <laughs> uh, that guy's an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I actually like most of the names on this list. I agree with pretty much everybody, but Mark Ingram is a tough one for me. Um, He's coming off a calf injury at the end of last year, and I worry that the team knows more about that injury than we do. Um, I worry that with the pick of J.K. Dobbins, this is going to be a sooner rather than later J.K. Dobbins is going to be the guy here, and I feel like with where Ingram is, while Gabe brings up a great point that he's probably too disrespected at this point um his adp is probably reflecting where he sh- what i where i would assume he should be going i just worry i worry that ingram he's just not going to have the same juice that he had uh for the for the most most part of last year and that that concerns me um but given the price he's probably still going to make it on some of Some of my rosters this year in redraft, maybe not uh, Scott Fishbowl, but I definitely feel like if his price keeps dropping any further than this, then it becomes a buy as opposed to somebody that you should avoid because of the injury and because of, you know, obviously the circumstances. So I don't know. I don't hate. I don't really hate anybody on this list. Chris Carson cracks me up because I I feel like the last three years I've been like, Hey, what are you going to do? You can hate Chris Carson all you want. You can hate that he fumbles. You can hate that. He's not that sexy of a running back. And every single year, Pete Carroll's like, that's my guy. And so at some point you just have to accept that the the people that make the decisions that actually get to choose who gets the football love Chris Carson. And so as long as they love Chris Carson, he's going to be a value in fantasy.
1: Doctor Ethan, once again, you have you have uh, have totally ruined my night by making Mark Ingram less desirable with your medical knowledge and your medical terms that you threw around like calf strain and stuff like that. Man, <laughs> thanks a lot. You, you, medical <laughs> medical terms like calf like, strain, you know, like I mean, calf strain, <laughs> like headache and all these, all these all medical these medical words,
2: knowledge like
3: strain. Oh, Rains <laughs> 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 talking about calves and Ugh. steers still, um, still a top 10 running back with that calf strain ethan. you knew, it, you knew yeah. it was his leg
2: yeah. like pff, i didn't know it was his leg i didn't i didn't even know what it part of that. It medical was. terms about yeah me. thanks
1: thanks a lot again ethan um okay we're gonna we're gonna go back to you man and i i cannot wait to hear this list because this one's gonna be fun man in in honor of the the great Scott Fish who puts on the Scott Fish bowl um we have your category your super six of the six best
3: scots can't wait to hear this one gabe the floor is yours man i i first of all i just appreciate y'all like allowing me to have this list because it is the best list to have a, a you know from the non-football categories so uh, yeah, if y'all want to just turn the podcast off after this list here, that'd be great. I-, I can assure you that Ethan and Har have nothing great to say with their lists. So uh, the Scots, here we go. Top six Scots. Um, I'd be remiss not to say that the 101, 100% every single year, especially around this time, and more importantly during the holiday season, Scott Fish. All right, why are, why are we on this podcast? Okay? Why are we on this podcast doing these sixes? All right? Why are we doing all of these charitable things out here between eliminators and buying shirts and I mean, you name it. This is why we're here. This is this is why we do it. He is the best, Scott. He is the 101. I don't want to hear anything else from anyone ever. 101 Scott Fish. All right, now, 102, and Brain, look, you already attacked me on this pre-show, okay? We we don't have to talk about it here live on air, but you attacked me, and I said I have your back for the Browns, and yet you attacked me about my Scott list. Now, the 102 is kind of a layup as well here, but it is Michael Scott, okay? Uh, From The Office, of course, Uh, (laughs) everyone's favorite show. You know, you are kind of considered basic. I think at this point, if, if if it's not, you know, people try to make it a hot take that Parks and Rec is better or Friends is better. It's like, stop. All right. That's enough. It's Michael Scott. He's the 102. We're done. Um, three, you said to kind of keep it non-football here, but we have to really bring it back to football. We did with Scott Fish and my 103, Scott Hansen. All right. Uh, and and he's like football 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 are you ready for 7 hours of nonstop action football i mean look he he literally saves our sundays i mean it it's it's difficult to go out to a bar or go to a friends who happens to have 30 TVs and watch every single game all right scott hansen he is our savior for sundays on football It is the red zone, baby. All right. So he is very deserving of the 103. My 104 for Scott's starting to uh, (laughs) veer off here (laughs) in a certain type of way. But uh, the 104, uh, also a a shout out to Scott Fish uh, because he's he's into this. And he educated me uh, about um, this delectable drink. It is none other than Scott. Scott. Scotch, it, it's it's Scotch. All right, one hundred four is Scotch. I don't know if that counts for Scott, but it's going to count for Scott. It definitely um, counts now. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, arguably, a lot of people's one hundred one. Look, I don't know, but uh, I've been getting into Scotch myself lately um, during this quarantine time. Um, you know, just to ease the pain of certain things. Look, Scotch is great. I love Scotch. Scotch, 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 scotch. Uh, a little anchor man for you there. And uh again, I'm more veering here. I, I started I needed to get creative here, brain. I was like, oh Scots, these are gonna be easy. And then I like ran into a wall after the first three. <laughs> but uh yeah, so 105 is kind of a, you know, uh, an end around to get there, but it is a phrase, um, a common phrase used in a lot of things. But I'm particularly referencing the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, where Doc, all right, Christopher Lloyd, my dude, Great Scott, all right, uh, great, great, just a great trilogy of movies. I mean... Great phrase in general. Um, uh, I, I, I'm not even familiar where where it's said as well. Maybe y'all can fill me in there, but that's that's where it hits home for me is in the back to the future trilogy. So great Scott. Uh that was kind of a little bit of uh uh what's his name? The the bond. Uh psh, I can't remember. Uh all right, 106. <laughs> 106 Brain. I got you with this one, and I'm surprised that you, it wasn't on your list, man. So 106 and maybe it's kind of ironic that he's 106 uh being disrespected yet again but it is Scotty Pippen Scotty Pippen all right i've been i've been watching the last dance here and there um talking about how much he's been disrespected how he's underrated all this and it's it's true it's it's true you put you put the stats side by side of of like the second best player on a team and he's literally the the next best player in the league and he was on the same team as the goat, and so he's just—it's—it it, was a bummer way for him to, you know, go through his career. But he, one of the, if not the best teammate ever. Um, the watching the last dance, it was a bummer to see him get disrespected with getting paid. You know, I, I, I'm totally with him and and wanting to sit out and and protect his his career and his lifestyle. Like, I, I man, the. The NBA, NFL, all of it's, it's it's a business at the end of the day, and it's a bummer, but Scotty, I'm with you, and uh, w- one of my favorite things from the last dance was when he was talking about um, growing up in, uh what well, is it Alabama? Was it in Alabama? Is that right? Or is it Mississippi? I'm mixing up these states right was- now. I think it was Arkansas but I couldn't could Oh, no 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 yeah, you're see, yeah. And and maybe I shouldn't even be quoting at this point since I can't get my states right, but um state of mind somewhere else kind of like Hardy Har. Uh no, he's talking about but he's talking about not even knowing that he was poor because he didn't know any anything else than where he was living and and just kind of living in that in the present. Present is a gift and I just want to be. Uh I I don't know, I can relate to that a little bit. Um, so I, I appreciate that from Scotty. Uh, I probably talked about him the most (laughs) and he's the one Oh six, but shout out to Scotty Pippen. And those are the Scots. That,
1: That awesome list. That is how you do a super six. That is cool. That was all over the place, man. And so First off whenever whenever you have a super six and you can pay homage to to back to the future the trilogy i mean you 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 win that that's it's already a great super six but the fact that you jumped around gabe and you you hit scots from phrases to people to um you know i, I you just kind of you you went all around to drinks i mean there was a little bit of everything in there very nice i will say I, so I, I I did see Gabe's list before we started recording, and I went from bottom to top, and I saw number two was Michael Scott, and I was like, Gabe, you're gonna you're gonna catch flack for having for having him number two and not number one, and immediately Gabe was like, No way, dude, I'll fight anyone on that. Like my number one is the number one, and as soon as I looked and saw it was Scott Fish, I'm like, Oh man the one Scott that you could put above Michael Scott and not get any flack is Scott fish. So, uh, awesome, awesome job by you, man. I, I, I didn't even think of some of the Scots you have on that list. That's how good that was. So, so very well done. Um, I'm, I'm envious. I almost want to steal your list and make it mine, but, uh, but I can't, and, and and, I won't do that to you, man. I won't do that to you. So, uh, Brian, Ethan, what do you guys think of the, uh, the Scots here?
2: Gabe, I love all the Scots. I do have some that I would just like your opinion on rapid fire. Uh, Scott Van Pelt does not make it on this list. Uh, I love SVP. Probably my favorite guy on ESPN uh, on SportsCenter. Uh, I think he should be up there. Uh,
1: Real quick, though, SVP has no love for your fantasy team or anybody else's. Not a big fantasy football fan. That's true.
2: So keep him off the list. I'm not arguing for anybody. These guys on the list. The list is perfect. I just want Gabe's, as the master of the Scots, opinion on a few other Scott related references. 13 year old Ethan would be remiss if he does not bring up the song Scotty Doesn't Know by Lustra. If you've never heard Scotty Doesn't Know, if you were a teenager, you just put your mind into the teenage Ethan hearing that song and just cracking up laughing at it. And so the song's basically about a dude that's his girlfriend's cheating on him with the singer of the song and that's the gist go listen to scotty doesn't know you'll get it i wanted gabe's opinion on that being a musical guy uh if scotty doesn't know was considered or even thought of and then i have to bring up scott evil scott scotty knew from austin powers because I love and quote that movie often. I'm actually rewatching those with my wife right now who has never seen them. So uh, those would be the three Scots that came to my head. But again, the list is perfect.
3: Uh, I'm wow. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, See if I maybe had spent more time um, uh, thinking of Scots. Like I said, I ran into a wall after three and I was like, Scotch. Yep. Uh, I love SVP myself. So I, I think even though he hates fantasy, he's probably the most entertaining, you know, character on ESPN across the board. Something that I actually don't really mind watching. Um, a lot of it is just kind of mumbo jumbo and corny and basic. So, uh, SVP respect there. Um, <laughs> Scotty doesn't know that is that's great, dude. <laughs> I, I don't i don't think it should be on the list just because of how disrespectful it is and like how sad it is <laughs> as far as like putting it on a a best of but um the the saw so- yeah 13 <laughs> year old me as well my dude i'm i'm with you and then uh scott i mean same kind of vein there with scott evil dude's evil man but uh, I think he is a little misunderstood. You know, he just wanted daddy to love him a little bit, and he never quite got that. So uh, I, I feel you on that, but I'm okay leaving him as an honorable mention. But one that I would say I could probably replace the great Scott since it's not necessarily a person, I, I could put SVP there. All I right.
1: That's fair. A modification. Thanks to Ethan. Brian, what do you think real quick of the, uh, of the Scott list here?
0: Yeah, that list is great. There, I mean, I don't, I don't really have additional comments other than to say that it's great. It, I mean, as you said, James, he nailed this one. Gabe nailed this one. So,
1: yeah, man, re- really fun list. Um, so now, uh, Ethan, you get to you get to follow that up with your second category, which is a fun one in honor of the Scott Fishbowl and the divisions. We are going with the top six toys, either the top six divisions or the top six toys, even if they aren't you know, an SFB X division, what are your top six toys, Ethan?
2: Yeah. So I didn't go by division here. Uh, I actually had to go by my personal, my personal rankings of my favorite six toys. Um, I'm going to go with the basketball slash football. let's just all the balls. Um, they're just so versatile. You can play with mm-hmm. the basketball in, on a basketball court. You can play it. You can take it to the park. You can take it to the playground and play kickball with it. You can take a football, you can play with them in the pool. Like there are a million different ways. Um, and it just, it seems like every time I find a new way to play with a basketball or football, I fall in love with that game too. So just any ball shape is a great toy because one, they're cheap. And two, there's so many different things that you can do with them. Um, Two, this one's going to be a little obscure, and I'm surprised that I, I don't. I did not see this as one of the toys divisions, and I was a little surprised, but if anybody remembers the movie Toy Soldiers, uh, I used to actually have, like, the action figures of the toy soldiers, which was a movie about the Gorgonauts, and I cannot remember what the, basically the Marine guys, uh, but it's essentially an old 90s movie that I used to watch when I was a little kid about toys that are uh, programmed to, like, do be basically like little living people and it's an awesome movie and if you have kids and you want to go see a fun movie with them you should watch toy soldiers because it still holds up Um, so i enjoyed playing with those as a kid Uh, number three is just wrestling action figures in general from any generation Uh, i grew up where they started to have like opposable limbs so they weren't just like one mold in one shape which was pretty awesome which also tells you that i'm a lot younger than most people that are talking about this, but I always say that wrestling was my first, uh, true love before sports, before football. Um, it was wrestling and I was definitely a wrestling kid. And so, uh, definitely put a lot of time into the wrestling action figures. Uh, Number four, I'm going to go with Legos here. Uh, Legos are universal. They are, they can be anything you want them to be. Um, They can destroy your feet, but they can also be airplanes and they can be cars and you don't even need a ton of them to have a lot of fun. Uh, So I'm going to go with Legos there. Um, I'm also going to go with uh, five matchbox cars. So again, not a super Uh, you know, you don't have to get too crazy with a matchbox car. It's just a car that you roll around. It's a lot of fun. Um, I actually growing up had like a full like city set where you could like take your cars through like real streets, like little plastic streets that you could hook together. And then obviously like the courses that you can put the cars through, um, which have gotten much crazier since I was a kid. But uh, I remember playing with those fondly. And and number six, uh, I'm going to go with Pokemon here, cards, games uh but specifically and you guys might remember this you might not james you're probably too old for this brian probably gave maybe but back when i was a kid burger king actually came out with 150 the original 151 pokemon and they had them as like the prize that you could get and i remember just begging my mother to let me go to burger king to play and try to collect all of the original pokemon and they came in like little pokeballs and they didn't come out with like toys of that in again for like 10 years like they were awesome toys that you could get at the burger king toy and i remember just loving those things and so i'm gonna go with pokemon just in general at number six Um, And you can fight me with these all you want, but these are my six. So that's all that matters.
1: Well, real cool list. I'm going to start out by letting you know that I do remember the Pokemon toys. As a matter of fact, Burger King also came out with, at the same time, uh, these golden Pokemon cards that you could purchase. Yes. They were super cool. I have them all because that that was my first job uh, in high school was at, at working at Burger King. So, uh, so I got I don't all know if the, you're uh, any all money, the gold cards.
2: That is pretty cool. That's pretty neat.
1: I, I was, I, yeah, yeah. So I, saw so I, I, that's, that's why I remember him. Um, but I, I can tell you, uh, your, your list here, man, I, man, you started out and, and I was worried, man, because I didn't know where you were going with the, uh, the, you know. Which all balls? the balls, all the balls, type all thing, the ball. so you 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 steered us in the right direction. You kept it classy. keep it classy San diego. and uh, and and you did that. and uh, and it's a nice list. I, I will say I was also a little jealous when you were telling me about the matchbox cars, how you had like streets and such. my uh, my my grandma uh, when she was when she was with us, she used to actually take these huge sheets of paper and make us like a uh, cities with streets and with whatever that we could play with on our, with our matchbox cars. And so we didn't really have the, uh, the fancy plastic streets, but she would, uh, she would make us a little city that we could uh, drive around. in. so I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, no, very solid list here. Uh, What do you guys think? Is there any toys that are omitted that you guys, uh, Brian uh, Gabe that you guys would have on here or, or what do you think of, uh, of Ethan's list here?
3: Well, look, you you said something really important, Ethan, at the end of your list uh, or, you know, reciting your list. And you said, this is my list and you can fight me about it if you want. But it's like toys are for a specific person and how you grew up is just <laughs> going to be completely different. I mean, I guess you can say this about all of these things, but I don't know. Toys are just different they're sentimental they they mean something to you there might be a story behind it so i don't know how you can hate like anything on this list i would just want to like know more about something if i if i didn't know about said toy we were talking on open bar about uh uh popple popples i think I don't even never- know if that's what they're called. <laughs> I'm already messing it up. They said it's like a like a stuffed animal type of thing that like rolls into itself that becomes this like stuffed animal ball that you can throw. I don't know. I might be mispronouncing the name again, but um I think it's just interesting how many uh, different toys are are special to uh, certain people. I will say one thing. Ethan, that I was a little surprised and maybe this wasn't, uh, you know, in your childhood, I can't exactly remember, but I know that it's special to you and this isn't, um, any hate whatsoever. Cause you told me about the story and I think it's fire, but, uh, Scrabble, bro. I know that Scrabble is on the list for Scott fish. I saw that on there. So I'm surprised that it's not on there for you. And again, that's no hate. Uh, I just know, uh, what that means to you and, and what you have done with that. So, uh, you know, shout out to you for that again. Cause that's, that's dope
2: yeah so i think we talked about did, uh, i'm assuming we talked about that on the open bar and that was not a topic here
0: that was on the standard edition i believe Standard. The, the, uh Ooh.
2: the standard edition of the open bar
0: yes standard. Uh, like yes the standard
2: oh from the standard from the time that
0: i broke the record for the longest
2: open bar <laughs> <and> you <laughs> pieced out 10 minutes early that one I remember Ethan, that pissed I, am the bottle, standard. I pissed
0: in a bottle I twice during <laughs>
2: that show for those to of be you, a part of it
3: obviously Jesus. anyone
2: anyone who listens to this show should go listen to that episode of the open bar it's like three and a half four hours long three, so you three
0: should- hours 23 minutes and I think 47 seconds i was so. on there for three hours
2: and 18 minutes um just so the record is, stays uh, pure uh one of us left early um go check that one out but basically if if you've ever seen a video uh there is a scrabble board behind me gabe eagle eye gabe actually pointed it out um the scrabble board is in uh, anniversary present that I made for my wife. It's an, it's uh, well, now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, but it's an antique Scrabble board uh, with little pieces for, uh, basically describing our second year of dating. Um, and so we do, uh, we do play a lot of board games. And so I didn't know if I could include a board game. To me, like a board game, it's a toy, but it's not really like what I would consider like a toy if that makes sense like to me board games are their own separate thing because i play so many different ones that's why it's not included uh but it's a great question gabe i didn't realize i didn't even realize that board games were included in the scott fishbowl toy section um if it was up to me they should put the toy soldier soldiers in there and they should uh they should get rid of no you know what it's not up to me. It's up to Scott fish. So as long as Scott fish is happy and Scott fish says it's scrabble is, is a toy. It's a toy.
3: <laughs> hey, you know, uh, on the open bar this week, we had Scott fish on and he actually made the Scott fish bowl. What? 240 more b- or bigger or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you should awesome. you should go and hit him hit him up, get those toy soldiers that divi- make them a division, bro.
2: You know what? I might have to. I might have yeah. to point that out to him. Because maybe he just doesn't maybe he doesn't remember uh the cult classic that is Toy Soldiers. Great movie. Maybe he just doesn't remember.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Brian, we're gonna get to you, man. We are going to let you kind of close the show out here. Uh so no pressure. No no big deal if if your uh if your list is, is great or sucks or whatever, you know, no no worries. Um but yeah, we're gonna get to your your last super six and it is your top six tens could be whatever you want it to be. Could be, could be, uh, could be number tens, could be uh, top 10 lists, could be ten, 10, whatever. So, uh, so your, your top six tens.
0: Yeah. So this is, this is going to be a combination of some things, people that wore the number, uh, mainly, but, um, but moments, for those people and what they meant to me as well, a couple of these. I know a couple are gonna not make James the happiest person in the world, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't make him sad. So uh so we'll start with uh Tonio Toe Tap. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about Santonio Holmes and the toe tap in Super Bowl 43 with 35 seconds remaining in the game to win the Steelers their sixth Super Bowl championship. Um San Antonio Holmes wore the number 10 for the Steelers. Uh, so so that tops my list uh, as as the um, the 101 of top tens. Um, if, if you're talking about the number 10 in the in the NFL, you have to mention Fran Tarkenton, right? I mean, probably the greatest NFL player that's ever worn the number. Um, you know, poor guy couldn't win a Super Bowl again because he ran into my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, back before I was in existence, um, so sorry about that, Fran. But uh, you are a great player and and deserve it. Um, third on my list is Eli, Eli Manning. Um, and a lot of people probably aren't going to like that one and that's okay james is shaking his head so that's that's great that's perfect for me um i <laughs> i'm just teasing you bud um no i mean you got to I mean, look number 10's the, the greatness of the number 10 in the national football league is a little bit it, it, there's there's not a ton of them right to choose from so uh and eli you know he's is he a hall of famer he's borderline two-time super bowl mvp i mean you know beat probably the greatest football team that's ever played the New England Patriots in a year that they went undefeated um you know beat them in the Super Bowl so I, I put Eli on the list um the fourth the fourth one here for me is a personal one so Bobby Ingram uh wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks he n- he never wore number 10 in the pros he did wear number 10 at Penn State of course my alma mater um and he is the all-time leading receiver for the Penn State Nittany Lions is one of only two Nittany Lions to ever have over th- or, or one of only two Nittany Lions to have two 1,000 yard receiving uh, seasons along with Allen Robinson. So um, so Bobby Ingram is one for me. That was a, a a childhood thing. The 1994 season when I was 12 years old was a magical season. Um and, and I remember Bobby Ingram was such an integral part of that. So for me, that's just a personal one. He he will always be. I mean, when, when I think of the number 10, that's who I think of first and foremost is Bobby Ingram. Uh, and that just goes back to my fandom. Um, I have new Copkins on here. I mean, best receiver in the game, not named Michael Thomas right now, uh, probably, you know, uh, and, and has just been so consistent throughout his NFL career so far. Um, at first with some awful quarterback, play. Uh and then of course with Sean Watson. Uh so Nuke is on here. And then the last one, and this one kind of like pained me a little bit because I'm I'm not a big supporter of this guy, but Tyreek Hill. I mean you can't deny the talent uh from a football perspective and the speed. Um the dude is just a stud when it comes to producing on the football field. So um I put Tyreek on here as well. But uh that's my top ten list. I also got scolded uh by John on here about not having the 10 commandments, which is, I mean, implied with my life. Uh, but um, I, I had some honorable mentions too. European football, there's a ton of European football players that wear the number 10. Probably the most famous number 10 in the world is Leo Messi. Um, Ron, Ronaldinho, Pele, Neymar, Maradona, um, those are all number 10s in European football. Chipper Jones were number 10, Walt Frazier. Uh, war number 10. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, I'll be interested to see who you guys have, if you have any that I kind of left off.
1: All right. I, I'm not even going to get into the San Antonio Holmes toe tap thing. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't even remember that. I got drunk enough to black that out from my memory. So I'll I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it up. I'll it bet happened, you man. do. Get over
2: I'll, it. Get over I, it, James. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna Stuck address it, that. That's fine. That Stuck that has it.
1: personal meaning to you, Brian. So I get why that's on your list. Fran Tarkington, great man, awesome. All right, now Eli Manning is where I where where I have a little bit of an issue here because, like you said, man, Lionel Messi, who who might be the best soccer player of our generation, he is so good. Didn't make your list, but Eli Manning, a marginal quarterback who won a couple Super Bowls on the backs of some pretty good defenses and a timely Lord helmet catch. And I, I just uh EY really? UI. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can get along with you uh, with the UI. But Bo- Bobby Ingram obviously has some personal meaning to you, and you know, was, was a really good receiver at Penn State. So um I did not know that he wore number 10 though. So that's why I was wondering kind of where you were gonna tie that in. Um and Nuke and, and Tyreek obviously, uh, you know, are, are, are very good receivers. They're they current receivers and they're um, they're fantasy relevant players that we we root for, you know, and cheer for just if they're on our team. Um, as tough as that is with Tyreek, and uh, sometimes we don't even roster him because uh, because we don't want to have to cheer for him. Um, so, but but I don't have a problem with the list outside of Eli. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I'm curious to see if I'm way off base on on my Eli hate or if uh, if anybody else has my back on that. So uh, Gabe, Ethan, what do you guys think? Number 10s, this,
3: uh, this, this was hit home. Uh, I mean, you, you could have just done like one player for at each position, maybe, or one player at each position slash each sport. You already had Tarkenton in there, man. Why'd you have to do Eli? Har? Why'd you have to, he, look, he's going to be a hall of famer. He's he got a couple Super Bowl uh rings. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but we, we do play fantasy and you know, he <laughs> isn't necessarily our favorite fantasy quarterback. If, if we want to gripe about anything, one thing I will say as far as tens go, actually two references, cause I forgot to say this on Ethan's list. Sorry to keep this going here on the, on the balls. Um, and one more uh, callback. <laughs> Go full circle here, all right, with, with Scott Fish full and Scotch. on the balls. You got it. You got it. Um, the Scotch. Uh, Scott told me uh, how to pronounce a certain Scotch that is his favorite, and I had a bottle of it and it's very good. Um, it's called Balvaney, which is an interesting way to uh, pronounce that. And I felt like he was trolling me. But that is <laughs> definitely how you say it, I guess. So, ball veiny. Um, that, is, uh, that is one ball that you left off of your list there, Ethan. Just wanted to say that. Ball veiny, as far as scotch goes. And then, <laughs> and then here, just, I mean, hard. Just 10-year-old scotches in general. Fire. Fire. Well, there you go. There you go.
1: Ethan, uh, we, uh, I, mean, I mean, Gabe just improved Brian's list. What, what, uh, what, what are you bringing to the table here for Brian?
2: Uh, well, as usual, Brian's list was terrible. Uh, no, not anywhere near the quality of Gabe's, uh, which is expected at this point with Brian. Um, I have two additions Sorry on there, right? that are much better than leave than than Eli Manning. Uh, the first of which you got to go with the Sports Center top ten, dog. It's like the only reason to watch the show.
1: That's pretty good.
2: So when I was in college, my roommate and I, uh, we had a we had a pact. Regardless of what time it was, as long as we were both awake, if one of us was watching SportsCenter and the top 10 came on, we were required by contract of roommate agreement that we would let the other person know as quickly as possible that the top 10 was on the TV. Because if you miss it, you got to wait a whole nother hour to catch the top 10. On sports center which you don't want to do and of course they save it for last because it's the best part so sports center top 10 should be on there for the best tens the other 10 that i think could be considered depending on how you like to flow uh neon neon is the has the atomic number of 10 and so if you are a psychedelic bro You should have neon on your top 10 tents, your top six tents. This is getting complicated, but neon, I mean, have you ever went anywhere that had a neon sign that you didn't, it didn't just bring you a little bit of joy. Bars have neon signs, the
3: open bar,
2: the open bar has a neon sign. Like, come on, man. I feel like you're really missing out here. And maybe it's because you didn't take enough chemistry. I don't know. Perhaps you forgot about neon and it's the coolest element. So I'm struggling here. Hard.
0: I mean, neon is cool. I mean, neon, neon is cool. It, it's not camo, but it's, it's cool. And nobody has anything to say to that. And it's wonderful. I love it. See, mic drop. <sighs> Boom. That's how you end a super sick. You should see if if you guys could see the faces on the screen right now, I swear it would be, it would be absolutely worth it.
2: Well, then they'd have to look at your face too, which is not worth it. So. I'm beautiful,
0: bro.
1: All right, we're
2: getting off the rails here. This is
1: getting out of hand. Guys, I, I I think we've reached the end of the episode. We're not going for four hours. No one's peeing in bottles on this one. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna head out. But before we do, I want to thank. Gabe Gearing for coming on at FF man on Twitter and Gabe uh, real quick. Want to throw it over to you. Uh, any last words you want to tell the people where they can find your stuff at and, uh, and make sure to, to tell them when and where they can find the open bar too.
3: Yeah, that's about the only thing there is uh, Tuesdays, nine 30 Eastern ish heavy on the ish. Um, you'd only know that little inside piece of information if you popped in on a Tuesday and hung out with us the, the so called chat is lit they say uh, shout out to my co-host J Mike my dude my brother my man at J Mike check um, go follow him before you follow me um, he is the only person that matters uh, as far right. as that duo is concerned so go follow him and thank you guys I, I appreciate the opportunity here this was really fun um, I feel like I won if there was a competition here as far as sixes go. So, uh, thank you. Um, peace. Awesome. Yep, high sixes
1: all around, guys. Gabe, thanks again for coming on, guys. We're gonna wrap it up. That'll do it for the show. But before we go, we do want to remind you to make sure that you're following. The podcast at Superflex Show on Twitter. Um, you can give us a follow. Also, make sure that you are following Brian at Brian and Ethan at E Turner FF underscore PT. You can follow me at underscore James the Brain. Um, make sure that you are following us. And we want to give a special thank you to um, Heart and Soul Radio for their use of the song "The Addiction," and a special thank you to DLF and the Dynasty League family of podcasts and the DLF staff for their ongoing support. Uh, Make sure to send the show handle any questions, any tweets, any trade polls that you have so we can retweet them, possibly bring them on the show and analyze them. And as always, make sure everyone that you stay sexy and super flexy.